Well, hello. Hey, how's it going? And welcome to the Badass Broadcast. The podcasts are both badass broads. She's Carrie. And that's Shalom. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I was a little more enthusiastic than you. I was expecting a little more. But I had to think about it for a second because we don't always do it that whatever. way. Whatever. I know. I was just trying to put you on your toes. Anyway. So. so how's your week been? Um, What's exciting? You well. Feel, you feel something. Like, I mean, I, it just feels like like you have a lot more energy well, these days. You know, you know what I think it is? I think honestly. The weather. The weather. A huge thing. Um, it, once it's like starts to turn and it's like sunny and above zero, things are melting. I'm seeing grass when I go outside. Um, this weekend I managed to get out into like nature a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. That makes such a and huge difference. And I get like, for me. I need to drive on the highway. Like okay. I, I found yeah. myself getting like really, really agitated, irritated, angry, annoyed, just in general with everything. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with like just, specifically COVID. Just, no. just, just, well, I mean, COVID for sure has something to do with it. Cause you're just itching to well, like it has, travel and move. Yeah. And- I was thinking about it before. Like it's definitely exacerbated it because I'm a person who loves long road trips. And you would have gone on way more yes. by now if and it it's, wasn't it's for It's been, it's coming up on two years since I've done anything beyond a couple of hours away from the city. Oh my God. And it's driving me bananas. I just want to go, like as much as I don't like, sorry Calgary, don't like Calgary, <laughs> I want to go there because that's like the perfect yeah. length of a road trip for me and you know, we have people there. And it's like, so, and it's right by the mountains. That's the thing yes. is if I'm going to Calgary, I need to have time to spend time in the mountains. And yeah, I, I just don't, I feel like if I go and I don't get that mountain time, it was a waste and it was all for nothing. Even though I get to spend time with my friends and stuff like that and that's all fun. But it's like, dude, I need the mountains. I need that yeah. nature. Like as soon as they lift the mandatory quarantine after interprovincial travel i'm out of here is that a thing yes i don't know when you go to alberta i don't think that's the case anymore i could be wrong but definitely when you come to manitoba yeah from any other province you need to quarantine for 14 days i mean i know that that's not entirely true but um and i know like the situation (laughs) that we would be going into would not be like one of like mega socializing no it would be like one house hanging out at hanging out with like two people that's it yeah like yeah like i i wouldn't even see anybody else besides our mother yeah so um so for for us it wouldn't be a big deal but if but I know that if I told my boss I'm going to Calgary, she's going to oh, make sure thing. everything is on the up and up. Yeah. And she would make me take the two weeks. So, I mean, two weeks, but you could always work from home. So, I mean, it's not really. But I can't, I can't do full on. Okay, I have okay, to go okay. to the office. Okay. For That's stuff, not important. Some stuff. We don't need to talk So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, I've been hearing a lot about like this Women's History Month and I was like, okay, is that a thing? Is that no. March? Um, apparently, it is celebrated in March in the U.S., the United Kingdom, and Australia. Okay. And in Canada, it's in October. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of it until this year. Okay. I mean, we just had International Women's Day. Yeah. But and I've never heard it. of Women's History Month. And can I is just this say, a new like, thing? I'm all for International Women's Day. It felt special and like you know of course my boss gave me treats and stuff like that but really it doesn't yeah (laughs) we had like this like chocolate raspberry thing with like a white chocolate little like custom made thing anyway it's all fine and good and I got all the feels and everything and felt special for a day but I was the whole day I was thinking man it would just be great if every day was like happy human day like let's just give everyone Equal rights around the globe, like at least How about like three sixty five. It's just yeah, like it would be really equal. great if it if it didn't if we didn't need a day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I kind yeah. of felt I felt kind of felt like that too. It's kind of like a token. Yeah. Oh, here you go. We'll make you feel special for it. Yeah. Day. 
Yeah, and that just like it just bugged it, me. It but felt it was cheap. like Yeah. Did you get anything? No. For oh no? No. Oh, we we don't do stuff like that. They? Are you are you kidding me? We don't even acknowledge uh administrative professionals day. What? Absolutely not. That's nothing. exactly what you are. I know. Administrative professional. Everybody that's who bizarre. works in the office who should get something. Like never ever like one one boss that I've had in all my years of working as an administrative professional, one year they took me out for lunch. I was their only employee. They took me out for lunch. That's, <laughs> that's it. hilarious. I used to have, okay, so I know this is like stretching into more than it has to be, but I, I used to work at a preschool and we had like a whole um, preschool workers appreciation week, which obviously is not really celebrated across the you know, all of society, but like within our center, we had like, oh my God, every day was something new. And it was like catered meals or like a spa day, which was just like, she brought in like the hand waxing machine and like the, you know, different things that we could try out while we were on our break. Like it was just so fun. And like, it really felt like really super appreciated. And we got like flowers and stuff. So that was like probably the best, but uh, yeah. But yeah, you don't you don't get that in every industry, and you don't get that in no. every job, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, enough talk about work. How about yeah, this? You can roll, roll up the rim. <laughs> roll up the rim. I okay. So roll up the rim is different this year because you have to have the app. This is for Tim Hortons. If you're not in Canada, this is like almost exclusively Canadian content right here. Um, but it's very important. <laughs> it's yeah, so, a very important so, part of our year. <laughs> so if you're not Canadian, you can just fast forward, eh? <laughs> just kidding. Just, just kidding. uh, what is that? Piss in your hat, eh? <laughs> I don't know. What? I don't know what it is. No, it's, I think it's, I th- no, it's shit in your hat. It's, uh, I've from the before. Dark Poutine podcast. Oh. It's absolutely hilarious. Like, they have, um people call in and they always like that's their thing their sign off is always like go shit in your hat eh? <laughs> so <funny>. anyway okay <laughs> this is way off topic way off topic okay tim hortons. The rim. tim hortons so this year it's only on your app yeah so i got the app specifically for it i've uh-huh. been through the drive through once for a drink and i got i got a free cup i got a free yeah i got a cup too yeah because normally in years past, you would get like you roll up, literally roll up the rim of your cup. And if you're lucky, you win something like a free coffee or a donut or something. This year, everybody's a winner. Every you win something every one. single time. And I've won because I get a tea every morning. Oh. So I've got. So it's um, like a usual thing for you. Yeah. So I've gotten the reusable cup. I've gotten like $20 for skull candy. <gasps> Can I have it? Sure. I think I need I'm a never going to use it. Um, and then I've gotten like a bunch of like, you know, a couple donut prizes, a coffee. Uh, this was free. My mm. muffin. Nice. Um, nice. Uh, what else? Oh, like points. Cause they have like, you get points every time you buy oh, something okay. like with your card. Right. I don't know how the app works. I literally used it once. I and just got it You can that. bank your points and then you can get free stuff. Right. Okay. So I've gotten like a whole bunch of points. You Fun. get like five, 10, 15, 20 points. So. Um, so far it's going well. I just real. I'm just waiting until I get, you know, the car or. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. They have good prizes too. They have some pretty they have, like, good cash, prizes. right? Well, there's no cash ones. There's oh, okay. like a prepaid gift or prepaid like American Express or something. Like I go, that. you know what I do is like, I'm so excited for a roll up the rim and B McDonald's monopoly. And so I like, I never go and get coffee anywhere, but like. <laughs> During those times, I'm at yeah. McDonald's every day getting a coffee or at Tim Hortons every day getting a coffee. And I just, I don't even like their coffee. That's the closest I ever get. It's the game. It's the gamble. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny. That's the closest I get to playing the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is though, because it's money you would never otherwise spend. I, I do have to complain about the paper straws that Tim Hortons. Oh no, uses. I always tell them I don't need a straw because I I know, but I keep forgetting ones. to bring my metal mm-hmm. one. Um, I've started journaling. Ooh. Is this for your, like, for my, blog? Um, working up to that. Oh, okay. 
Yes, nice. I will be starting a blog. I'm excited for that. Yeah, so it's it's something that I'm doing every morning, and I'm you know I'm not a morning person, so oh, it's like one page or today it was half a page, but whatever. Okay. It's getting into the habit. Okay. That's the point. Yeah. Um, and one other thing before we get into the meat of our episode, um, both of us have had some car drama this week, haven't we? Oh yeah, I totally forgot <laughs> about that. Oh, God. I don't even want to get into it. What happened to you? Last week after we recorded, I was going to go to a bonfire. And before, just as I was about to leave, I get a text from my neighbor saying, hey, did you you know that your tire's flat? Yeah, that was like directly after I left your house. right after you left, like not two minutes later. And, And I was like, oh, crap. And my roommate was very nice. She offered to let me take her car. Oh, yeah. So I took the dogs to my friend's house, had a nice bonfire, whatever. And then that night I came home and I was like, okay, I don't want to change the tire now. I'll do it in the morning. But I had to, I literally had to like, being me, I had to prepare and I had to know what I was going to be dealing with the next morning. So I got my spare tire out. I got my jack out. I had to figure it all out because literally my jack had never been used before. My spare tire was brand spanking new, shiny. It is no longer. Um, I mean, I did. I took the, I took it in the next day at lunchtime, and um, uh, it turns out it was just something stuck in the valve of the tire, so um, it yeah. kind of created a slow leak. So everything's good. I didn't get charged or anything like that. But it's not brand That's new so anymore. Good. It's Aww. all broken in. Oh, I uh, I totally forgot about my drama, but and you blocked I'm it out. Like, <laughs> I had like three days this last week where it was just like after work, I didn't get home for like another six hours because shit just kept happening. And Mm. so that one day I went to, I got home and I was getting out of the car and I was parked like a block from my place and I couldn't lock the door with my fob. And then I like had my spare fob on me I happened to and then I like was trying with both of them and they were like neither of them were working so I knew it had something to do with the fuse in the car so then I don't know I just like I couldn't lock it and then finally like I locked it and I was like whatever I'll I'll park there I have until tomorrow morning at 5 a.m to figure out what to do with this car so after I finally, like, I was still off doing things, even though I was at home. I was actually, like, at the doctor's and stuff. And then you, I looked on the phone, I looked online for, like, over an hour before I even contacted you. And I was, like, looking <laughs> for, like, how to fix it. And all I could find was, like, like, oh, all you need is these eight tools. And all you need to do is take the inside of your door off and do this and play with these fuses and da 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 da. What? And I was like, hell no, I don't have car tools. I have no interest in buying them for this. I'm not going to like take, I'm parked on the street. I'm not going to like take yeah. my door apart. And and then I text you out of frustration. I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't get this thing to work. And you were like, you text me back a few minutes later, you're like, so. Have you tried this? And it was like, so there's this little secret keyhole under your door handle. And I knew that was there and I was trying to wiggle it around and whatever earlier. And, and then all it, I read the article and it said, pry it open, like pry it off. So I pried it off and there was the manual unlock thing. (laughs) So I was like, okay, that's fine. I never will get that fixed because there's no point. No, it's just opulence to me. I have no interest in that. Yeah, but I was I was just like in my mind I was I was just trying to get you to calm down, don't panic because that's kind of like your yeah. default is to just freak out when something goes wrong. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about yourself. And then when I go, <laughs> and then when I figure it out, I'm like, okay, okay, like, yeah. And and then I just like I was like, there has to be a simple situation uh, solution for you to be able to get into your car because they wouldn't yeah. make a car that you couldn't get into manually. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I would I couldn't car. find it anywhere. <laughs> anyway. So it turns out that I was Googling like um, automatic opener or whatever it was, automatic key or whatever, and you were Googling fob, and I never Googled fob. Well, I, what I did was, was remote key. 
I, remote key doesn't work or whatever. Okay. Not whatever working. It was. Whatever but, you had Googled was yeah. like the exact wording that I hadn't, even though <laughs> even though I had Googled the proper thing. So I don't know what the hell was it happening. It just didn't anyway. lead you to the right link. You're probably just going to delete all of this because this is just stupid ranting. <laughs> okay. So my, my I was going to say my bitch, but <laughs> my bitch today, my broad today, I'm really excited about it. Oh, look. I say the word bitch and your female dog <laughs> walks in. My little bitch comes in. I'm a bitch. <laughs> oh, I that's that what she the, wants. Okay. I mean that in the purest sense because that's what you really are. Okay, so I got really excited. Okay, so, you know, I always lean into, like, the scientific, historical, like, sciencey ones, and which I love so dearly. Um, I... I found out about this lady like literally this week and what happens every single week is like Monday I'm like I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this lady and I'm so excited and then I do like a ton of research and then that leads to like another lady and then that leads to another lady and all week I do that and finally on Friday or Saturday I'm like I'm like okay I just need to like do it. I just need to make a choice and then I like choose a whole brand new lady that I've done like half research on a 12 other people and I'm like okay okay this is the person I'm gonna do and so uh Saturday night I <laughs> settled I settled on this one and it's Mary Anning have you ever heard of her nope Okay, Carrie, so paleontology is a field of study that dates back to the 5th century BCE. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Okay, what is that in BC slash AD? I never know. Um, before current era. So but when does current, the current era we're start? We're in current era. So it's, it's BC AD, but it's the secular version of that. So it's No, yeah, I understand. Era. But when does the current era start? Is it the same? Zero. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so, so basically five five hundred BC is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So okay. BCE. Yeah. You just put the E at the so end. So it was it was established as a scientific field in the 18th century and really took off in the 19th century. So known as the princess of paleontology, <laughs> as well as the greatest fossilist in the world. Mary Anning dove headfirst into the burgeoning field and made quite the name for herself. It's said that she laid the groundwork for the modern day study of paleontology. So this is like really old and usually you're the one doing like all the old timey ones. Mm -hmm. But uh, she was born May 21st, 1799 in Lyme Regis, Dorset, England. So you know how like UK kind of looks like a dog sitting from the back? Okay, I, I I always thought that, <laughs> and it's got like that like the little fluffy look. tail on the west coast, like at the bottom. Hold on, let, I'm gonna look it up so that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're probably not gonna think that, but I'll be like, what? Um, so Lyme Regis is like the butthole of that dog. <laughs> purely on a map because it looks so lovely and it's right on the coast you don't see it it's like the cloud game hey like (laughs) that's a dog it looks like a laughing dinosaur (laughs) no (laughs) okay where's where's the butthole okay so that's the tail Uh that's the butthole right in there (laughs) like where the tail meets the body you know like Okay, anyway, so it actually, oh okay, it looks very lovely. It's right on the coast. It's actually okay, absolutely gorgeous. I've seen pictures, but this is how I navigate England, okay? Lime with a Y. I've never been there, okay? Yeah, Lime Regis is uh, surrounded by cliffs right on the waterline. And like all that whole area, it's like also known as, known now as Jurassic Coast, which is kind of fun. Hmm. And uh, Mary's family's property ran right into the ocean. So I read, like, in three different places that, like, her property was right on the cliff or they lived on the bridge in the town or they lived right in town. And then when I found on a map, because her house is now a museum, so I found on the map where that museum was, and it's, like, it's literally all three, which is kind of crazy. 
It's like a block from the bridge and it's on Bridge Road or Bridge Street or something like that. But it's hmm. like right off of the cliff and then it's also like Interesting. in the downtown area. It's really weird. It's busy, busy area. Anyway. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, uh, from a young age, along with her father and her older brother, she could be found searching the local coastline for cool-looking rocks and what they thought were, like, crocodile teeth and things like that. Pretty much any kind of treasure. They would they would sell to locals and visitors. And it was kind of like a side hustle for the family and something that her father loved to do. He absolutely loved it. But um, this is also, like, this all... She grew up kind of in the ma- aftermath of the French Revolutionary War. So they were still feeling the the food shortages and the economic fallout. So even though their father had a career as a carpenter, it it didn't provide enough for their family to live off of. So they would, they would sell like these curiosities is what they were called or curios Mm. to locals and to visitors. And they had like a table sitting outside their house on the sidewalk, basically like a lemonade stand (laughs) just selling these things. I I think that was kind of common practice. Well, what they thought were crocodile teeth, mm-hmm. though, and this was this was a really interesting time. Okay, I'll get into all that. But um, one time, one of their regular customers, Elizabeth Philpot. Okay, so much of these articles, the people that I wanted to mention, I couldn't find names for them, but somehow, randomly, like one of their regular customers I know was named Elizabeth Philpot. I don't know how her name stuck in in history. (laughs) But anyway, she brought Mary a book on fossils and she devoured the book and learned it backwards and forwards. She uh, like memorized it and she learned about fossils. She, she had no idea what these cool shapes in her rocks were. She just thought Hmm. they were curiosities and they were kind of like mysticism, like around it back in that day. Like when, Oh yeah you'd see these things and you thought that they were like a good luck or like a whatever, um, a cursing or a whatever. So they just thought it was something that occurred naturally in the rock. Sorry, I'm eating something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess there was no science behind that or no research behind that. So no Mm -hmm. one would know, you know. But anyway... So a little backstory. She was named after her older sister who had died in a fire. Can you imagine, like, if I found out that I oh had a secret older sister named Shalom? They <laughs> did that like, back then, though, I think. Yeah, but it was like... Um, it's yeah, probably so also think, a family name, too. Yeah, probably. Well, she didn't pass the name on to anyone, so so it just stopped with her anyway. So anyway... Um, while she was an infant, a neighbor lady was holding her while they were like, they were standing under uh, an elm tree and watching a traveling equestrian show. And there was like the neighbor lady was holding her. And then like, there were like two or three other ladies and they're standing around watching this show and the tree gets struck by lightning and falls over and kills all of those women, like three women instantly i don't know if it was the tree falling over or the lightning hitting them or what but or both everything that would have been a big tree to kill three grown women and one child no she didn't die this is the lady she turns into a lady oh i thought you were (laughs) talking about how her older sister died. no that was like a fire that was i know so pretty dramatic traumatic childhood like wow but she survived she was only like 14 15 months so probably doesn't remember it um so they all died instantly and uh when she was quite young like seven or eight she was out on like one of these hunts with her father and did i talk about that oh yeah oh yeah okay she was like um out hunting for rocks and stuff when her father accidentally slipped and fell off of the cliff And I don't know if he fell off the top of the cliff or was just, like, caught in a landslide or what, like, how high up he was. But um, it left him with permanent damage. Like, he had, um, he didn't live much longer because he died of tuberculosis a few years later. But he he did have, like, 
internal, I'm assuming internal injuries, like damage that he just never got fixed. Cause of course, cause they wouldn't like do, 1800s. They wouldn't do surgery to like, no, no repair, repair. Like say if you're, if you broke your spleen something. is bleeding or something yeah. like that. So he accidentally slipped off. Da, 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 da. And okay. So, but this is, this is the kind of like the danger of fossil collecting was because the best time to find newly exposed fossils is right after a landslide. So this is the middle of winter because mm. um, that's when all the landslides and the major storms happen. So that's like so dangerous. You're falling off like off cliffs and everything. <laughs> but uh, when everything's like a lot looser. So, yeah. Right. And by winter, you're, you're not talking like a frozen Canadian winter. You're talking like... Maybe well, wet and dismal England, and so I don't think dreary maybe and yeah. more more muddy than where where is that on like the map of like of um well they they don't get much snow at all no I'm just curious It'd be what like a sprinkling of anyway whatever not important compared to North America so after her father's death she she kept this close to her still continued as a hobby. And even though by 10 years old, she was significantly contributing to the household income. She was running errands around town, doing chores for neighbors. So she didn't go to school at all. She went to Sunday school. She learned how to read and write. But um, so she worked like it sounds like she worked full time, like just doing chores around people's houses and things like that. Um, She still kept her love of exploring alive So one day on the beach, she was gathering interesting looking shells when a woman actually stopped her and offered to buy one from from her for quite a bit of money. Hmm. So this money was enough to feed her family, like her, her, her mom and her brother for a week. And so, so her family, herself and her, her mother and her brother kind of rebooted their, their small family side hustle and started selling these treasures from their home. And so her family, herself, her mother, and her brother, uh, rebooted their small family side hustle and started selling these treasures from their home again. So her mom kind of managed the business side, and they would, like, all go exploring, and I think this kind of became, like, their family thing. Um, So initially her brother found what they thought was a crocodile skull in the side of the cliff, but he shortly after just kind of gave up the whole gig and left in search of a real job. He was like an older, like a teenager. I think he was like 14 or 15 at this point. And I don't know what happened to him after that. It doesn't really, I couldn't really find anything. But, um, meanwhile, Mary decides that she's, she's like, this is too big of a task for her. So she's going to pay some people to help her finish digging up this mystery creature. Mm -hmm. And so, once it was unearthed, they had found the very first complete ichthyosaur fossil. So par- bits and parts of an ichthyosaur have had been found before, but this was the first one that was complete, complete, that they could actually like um, solidify theories around this animal. And also... Oh, I, I put, according to the internet webs, because not everyone knows dinosaurs. I didn't know, like, every one of these dinosaurs. But an ichthyosaur are large, extinct marine reptiles. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the snoring. Um, ichthyosaurs are large, extinct marine reptiles. They belong to the order known as ichthyosauria or ichthyo. Pterygia. I don't know. I'm definitely doing that wrong. Uh, so hold on a second. So like people were at this time familiar with the concept of dinosaurs or is this like the beginning of that? This is the of? very beginning of that. So it over, so these guys, they overlapped in time with dinosaurs, but are distinct and not closely related to them. Okay. Um, Okay, where did I... Clearly not a field of interest of mine. (laughs) I don't care about dinosaurs. No, but this is very interesting, though. Um, 
So a wealthy collector actually paid her more than enough to cover the costs, and it landed eventually in a museum. And this caught the eye of the Geological Society of London. This discovery actually ruffled some feathers in the primarily Christian scientific community as it would support the theory of extinction, which you never think of as a theory. Like, you never think, because we just grew up knowing that some animals are extinct. Animals go extinct all the time in our modern age, right? So they had no idea. They thought there's no way that God would create an animal and that animal would die out. Like, he would never let that happen, right? I've never, Um, ever heard of this before. I know. I have heard of Christians not believing that dinosaurs existed because when I was very young, I thought that. Really? Yeah. Dinosaurs. I thought it was fake. I didn't believe it. It must have been like the, whatever, the denomination. But now any any Christian who grows up and (laughs) and sees the evidence and says no, then I just... Anyway, continue. So extinction was like a a fairly new concept. Like it was just being introduced into like the scientific world. Not everyone understood this or thought that it would happen. So um, it sparked heated debate as some were unwilling to accept this. And they thought it to be some sort of fish or a giant lizard. However, it was clearly something that they had never seen before. And Mary was like, keep in mind, she's like 12 years old. So this is like oh she's still a she's child very young, so she's not even included. She's promptly dismissed because she's a young woman, because she's poor and edu- uneducated, and um, and it was said that this was just merely a lucky find. Okay, keep in mind that all these all the, all these like dudes that come into the story, they're like well educated, so to speak, quote unquote, and they live in the big places like London and Vienna and they're, they, they go to un- university for years and come up with theories and all that stuff. But here's this 12 year old. Oh my God. Don't, it's fine. Here's this 12 year old who for the last 12 years of her life has been in the dirt in, you know, on her hands and knees digging through the ground. She knows all these knew all these unique techniques that her father had taught her to like carefully unearth things that I mean sure it was just a hobby but she was in it you know she didn't and need that you just know that those those men who were so-called experts would never in their lives have found that yeah yeah exactly so because <laughs> because of like like I said like this happens in the landslides um, in the, like right after a storm. And so oftentimes they're just like, they just disappear into the sea right away. So, I mean, you have to be out there on the cliffs every day to be able to like see what, you know, how it Mm -hmm. all happens. So anyway, where am I? So scientists flocked to Lyme Regis to see what else could be found there. (laughs) So when they get there, they find a young woman continuing on with her humble work, collecting and selling her finds. They would actually purchase these interesting pieces from her and claim credit as their own. They'd go back to London and be like, look what I found. And it's like, it has nothing to do with them. So she found a bunch of little things as well, like little sea creatures or like small um, extinct animals that are now known to be extinct, but then were just kind of like, oh, it's a squid, but it was really like something else. I don't I forget the name. I have it written down somewhere. But anyway, um, she so even though she resented these men, she decided that she could at least learn some things from them, and she recognized that she would need the networking and like the connections and stuff like that. So she read as much as she could get her hands on. She was determined to establish herself and not be known as just the lucky little girl who stumbled upon a fossil. She actually did have some support and had some rich people backing her and bringing her books from London and stuff. So she would, um, she would like just pour over those books and she would spend, like she would memorize them. She would read them, reread them, reread them, take notes, like write down word for word, the textbook so that it would get more deeply ingrained Hmm. in her memory. Um, And she would even collect dead sea creatures and dissect them herself to learn more about their anatomy. 
she became a self-taught, I guess that wasn't really much of a practice because, you know, you see a living animal who needs to know what, you know, what the skeleton looks like or whatever. But um, this does come back into play later. So she became a self-taught expert to the point where she could actually hold her own in scientific debate. Yes. And I, I love self-taught <laughs> experts, especially when they put um, educated experts to shame. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, <clears throat> In 1823, she was like 22, 23, she excavated a plesiosaurus, which this this wasn't a new find. They had already known of its, its existence, but there had never been such a complete skeleton found before Mary's. So again, super complete skeleton. So if you Google plesiosaurus, the image that comes up is the intricately drawn skeleton and its own, like, on its, like, old brown paper. It's a classic that I recognize from, like, reading countless dino books to our nephews. And that's her drawing that she, like, drew out every bone <laughs> that fits together wherever I'm it goes. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. The plesiosaurus was such a bizarre-looking creature. It's like a water giraffe or something. Like, do you know what they, do you know what they look like? Well, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's like, like with that long neck. It's like if a long neck had flippers, you know, like a brontosaurus. I always thought it was like kind of like a brontosaurus because it has the really long neck, but in the sea. Yeah, so it has flippers instead of legs. Yeah. So one professor called it a sea serpent running through a turtle. So. There was one leading expert, actually a vertebrate naturalist. I don't know what that means. Whatever that is. Um, at the time, that made a big stink about it. Like, he debated it to the nth. He said, it must have been fake because of how it looked too goofy. So when they were... <laughs> when they were very... Had he Probably ever seen like a giraffe? Probably looked like a big goofball. Or had he ever seen a, know, an right? elephant? Like, there's a lot of crazy-looking wild animals. So um, when they were verified as real, though, her reputation was restored. However, she was not given credit for the find immediately. Um, she seemed to be in it for, like, for the science and for the adventure of it rather than the namesake, rather than, you know, the credit. Surprise, surprise. When is ego not involved in these stories? Is so, sorry, is this the picture that you're referring to? No, 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 no. Okay. It's like on brown paper and it's anyway. Anyway, you can find it. Yeah, yeah. I'll post it on Instagram. Okay. So she did gain notoriety as fossils began to pique the public public's interest. Um it looks like Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the um water horse, which is I think loosely based on the concept of the Loch Ness monster, but um okay, so even though even though she didn't have an official title or an official education, she was trusted in the newly found founded field of science and therefore dubbed the Princess of Paleontology. <laughs> so this is kind of how she gained fame, but she soon turned her attention to poop. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, okay, so she, okay, let me clarify. She was, like, well-known around Lyme Regis and the area, and she had never traveled, by the way. She went for a short trip to London one time once in her life. Other than that, she stayed in the region, in Dorset, exploring those cliffs. Um, so she knows it. She knows yeah, it, like yeah. the back of her Hand. So all these scientists and experts come, they're seeking similar finds, and so they come to Lyme Regis. And a lot of them were didn't know her name because men would steal her work and not give her credit. So then they would come and find her, and she would say, yes, it's me, like, I'm the one that found this. And everyone in town knew that who she was. But the scientific community was hesitant to give her credit, right? So 
It anyway. just, every time I hear stories like that, I just, every time, it just makes right? me more and more Kate. upset and at the, the arrogance. It's so ridiculous. It's, and it's, and like, it's so stupid and pointless. It's so stupid. I, I, it just, exactly. Okay. Like, the, we're not going to change that overnight. No. And like, I just... But you know it but continues. But you know what? To stay. It's exactly. It's still going on so strongly to this day. Like it's crazy. Anyway, um. Oh yeah, poop. <laughs> poop. Poop. Okay, so she consistently noticed some strange-looking rocks in the abdomens of the dinosaur bones, and reasoned that they were fossilized poop of the dinosaurs because they were always like in the lower intestine tract okay so she yeah so she figured that out did it like look like poop it was like hunks of okay so well i guess some animals poop in turds you know so it could be like turd like poop or like a wombat would be like square out of genuine genuine interest Mm -hmm. i went online to ebay (laughs) Which eBay is kind of like the dark web of the normal web, you know? Like, you can find anything on there. (laughs) Legit. So I did find some fossilized dinosaur poop, which apparently can be verified. And they they go from anywhere from $2 to $150 or whatever. And they are called coprolites. Which is interesting. Hmm. Okay, so anyway, it's... That uh, would be a really cool little... um, thing to have though like if it's verified but like i doubt yeah. that the two dollar piece of poop well, is yeah like... but no seriously though like <laughs> yeah fossilized so it's not that crazy poop. expensive i'm not i'm not saying i want it i'm just saying my birthday's in november so. start a new collection <laughs> yeah so she asked a colleague of hers some dude i couldn't track him down in the science community to help her and through the use of chemistry they were able to soften or liquefy the poop to the point where they were able to dissect it. Mm-hmm. So they discovered not only what they ate, so they would find bones of smaller animals and um, other pieces of, I don't know what, like bark and stuff like that. I don't know. It was Undigested crazy. stuff. Yeah, undigested stuff. Wow. But also they figured out how they were fossilized, like how they were able to figure out, I don't know, that's too sciencey for me. I don't know. I can't <laughs> figure out how they were fossilized. Um, so this became actually, this actually is a, a very important part and it became the cornerstone of much of paleontological studies today. So this is like hmm. dissect, dissecting the poop is actually been like a huge part of even today's studies like well, that's you, so bizarre you could figure out a lot i would think by like just a, a lot about how they live their life yeah just based off of what they eat and like they do that like with uh, human remains too i believe <laughs> really like go through your poop how else would they figure out what ancient peoples ate Oh, yeah, I was thinking modern what people, kind of, but that makes more sense. What kind no of diet? No one's going through my had. poop after I die, right? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I will specify that. <laughs> well, I do but just want... She, just so you know, she doesn't want you going through her poop. <laughs> I do want to just be donated to science. I don't want none of this cremated Oh, I was or just going to say, do you want an funeral? autopsy? <laughs> yes, but in like a science lab, not... <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> they got to figure out what the fuck is wrong with me at some point, even if it takes after. Like, I'm just, I'm just all about donating my organs, not necessarily every to science. Single organ. But. I don't give a fuck. Like, just take it away. Use it, you know, use it. Like putting me in a casket doesn't change anything. Doesn't fix anything. I'm dead. Like just use the material to like help save someone else's life or help <laughs> figure something out scientifically. Like, I don't. You don't need can my I, body. Okay, can I digress for a moment? What? There's, I think it's on Netflix, a documentary about, uh, it's an autopsy, literally, like an actual autopsy of like a, an overweight I've seen woman. that. I started watching, I started watching it, I couldn't finish it, but Oh, it was, it was like, so good, and it wasn't too graphic, I like didn't an, find it too graphic. No, 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 not, t- it wasn't too graphic, like I can handle that kind of stuff, like the 
dissection of a human body. I can totally handle that. But I just, I don't know, I just lost interest. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, can you imagine, like, what, what did they go through to get that? (laughs) Do it. Just, I don't care. Did they need her permission beforehand or (laughs) family's permission? Like, I don't know. Should we make a documentary about your Specifically have that on your, like... (laughs) <laughs> on your will, I must my, be used for a documentary. My remains so. to de- Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Netflix. Okay, so through all of this court, of course, her dude friend stole the credit and wrote research on it. He called them coprolites. That's where they get their name. So she, she was known among scientists and collectors as a legitimate researcher, but obviously in the grander public eye, she wasn't known as much. Like, scientists knew, oh, if we go down to Lyme Regis, we can hook up with this chick and, like, get all this stuff. But but people, like, in, screw her over. <laughs> in other places didn't know about her, right? Yeah. So, okay. Um, she did, however, have, uh, have a carefully curated list of collectors. So, one place, put it that way, I like that. So... She continued to write letters to them and market herself in order to get the proper backing she needed. It was like Instagram of the old days. What would that be called? (laughs) So, (laughs) okay, so after a particularly rough dry spell, there were a few storms that then left um, some exposed spots on the cliffside. And this is when she found the second ever pterodactyl skeleton. Ooh. Of the two, of course, say it with me, hers was the most complete one. (laughs) Um, Yes, because she's probably more thorough. Of course. (laughs) No, I shouldn't Um, say that. You know, you never know what's Or it was just that she caught it on time. That location was a good spot for that. Like, kind of like Alberta. Well, it's because, like, it's stuck in the cliff. It's stuck in that land. And it's just when it washes, like, and exposes, like, one bone. She's there every single day. Of course, she's going to see when, yeah. like, one thing is off or different. It, whether it's stuck yeah. in the cliff or, like, you have, like, a dried up seabed or, or something yeah. like that. Like, like in Alberta, I think that's what it is. Like, a dried yeah. up seabed, right? So that that's why there's, like, a, a rich, rich yeah. deposit of that kind of material. So she's just in the right spot. Yeah. So, um... This was the the definitive discovery, though, that proved that some ancient reptiles could fly. So before that, it was a theory. They weren't sure, I guess, with the, like, the, um, the way that the initial skeleton was that was found wasn't, like, you couldn't they tell if it, it was, like, a, an actual maybe bird fall. or something. Or, I don't know. So this was it when is, it, they really found out. I, but I can, like, to us now, it's not, like... So shocking that there was a reptile that could fly because we yeah. know what a pterodactyl is. But I can see back then that being a, like a big thing because reptiles totally. don't fly. And there were so many reptiles in the ocean too. And like we think of reptiles as like lizards yeah. and frogs and But I mean I there know, are also snakes. like fish dinosaurs, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Okay. So this ex- <laughs> continue. You can take that out. Um, this excited the scientific community so much that they kind of got obsessed over flying creatures. <laughs> okay, so the next fossil that Mary found was said to be another mystery flying dinosaur, but she quickly refuted it and recognized it immediately as a common ray. Remember how she would dissect random sea creatures on her kitchen table to learn more <laughs> about them? So apparently her colleagues didn't do this because it took four years to confirm that yep it was just a common ray it was like, not a breed of a dinosaur like it was a sea a, creature like a stingray ray. okay yeah. um so of course you know if they only shut their fucking mouths for a second and listen to the woman who said i literally dissected this it looks exactly like that you know yeah. they would know but no. Or if they had more of a well-rounded kind of knowledge, like she seems like she did. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. just focused on the bones. Yeah. She was focusing on learning everything yeah. she could, right? So Yeah. They're, they're just like laser learning. focused on like this one thing. Yeah. And 
and to the exclusion of everything else. And then you just get, you don't have, you need to have like a well-rounded kind of yeah education. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted oh. you there. No, it's fine. Um, another interesting find was that she, when she discovered, I can say, <laughs> Bellum, Bellum, no, Bellum noids? Bellumnoids? Bellumnoida? I don't know. So, <laughs> Bellumnoids are extinct, are an extinct group of marine cephalopods, yeah. I think. Very similar in many ways to the modern squid and closely related to the modern cuttlefish. Like okay. them, the Bellumnoids possessed an ink sac, but unlike the squid, they possessed 10 arms of roughly the equal length and no tentacles. So at one point, yeah, so that's like another another extinct sea creature that she found. So a few, there were a few little ones and then like those few big ones. But yeah. That's a lot for one that's lifetime. That's a lot. Okay, no, this isn't even, okay, she's not even 30 yet, y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. Self-taught. Yeah. I love self-taught. In this like. Well, now it's a much more elaborate field, but like back then it was brand new, so it was like yeah, yeah. There's a lot of room for like she's you know, breaking ground things though. out. Yeah. So okay, so at one point, unfortunately, she got caught in a landslide and she survived, but her little dog Trey didn't. Aww. He was like a little little thing. He was a little dog. He was so cute. Oh, there's like Indy? one. There's one painting of her, and. It's of her with, like, this green cape dress thing, and she's got, like, a basket on her arm. And, no, I'll, like, post it. Stop picking up her phone every time I talk about this. And, like, a little, uh, and, like, a pickaxe thing. And and there's a little picture of her dog sitting there beside her. And um, that's the only image of her ever is, like, obviously, because this is, like, 1800s. So. Yeah, and it's it's so cute. So that's what what I picture her dog to be. Oh, yeah, it's so cute. That's not the picture, but no, but it's that's obviously more that's modern. So cute. Um, <laughs> she's point. Oh, she's pointing at something in the rock. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, that's what I found. It was me. I found it. Not yeah, you. Right. Not those boys in London. It was me. So in 1823, an article in the Bristol Mirror said of her, this persevering female. (laughs) Can I just, can that be my nickname? This persevering female has for years gone daily in search of fossil remains of importance at every tide for many miles under the hanging cliffs at Lyme, whose fallen masses are her immediate object as they alone contain these valuable relics of a former world which must be snatched at the moment of their fall at the continual risk of being crushed by the half-suspended fragments they leave behind or be left to be destroyed by the returning tide to her exertions we owe nearly all the fine specimens of ichthyosauri of the great collections and seen like it was so dramatic right perfectly so well written can i just say can i just say like i'm just gonna interject one one of my pet peeves is when they refer to like a woman as a female yeah i i really oh i hate that so much i mean this is 1823 no no i understand that but even nowadays when they're like a female or the female whatever it, it it feels feels like they're like looking at it more as a scientific specimen and I feel like it's oh, dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, just it, like how hard is it to just say a woman? Why is it yeah. why is it a female? Or sometimes a woman isn't even necessary. Like just No, like, but or no this person did this. Like yeah. No, but like yeah. whatever context get, it is. Yeah. It's like we're more than just a female. The yeah, yeah. the gender a female. Like we're not like the female, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> female of the species. 
Um, So in 1826, she was able to purchase a house with a large front window. Some places said a storefront window, so I'm not sure if it was just a house with, like, a big veranda or if it was, like, a full-on storefront with a house in the back kind of thing. Well, it could have been if she's still selling her things, right? So scientists and collectors came to visit her from all over Europe and America, and by collectors, I mean royalty, like... This was a big thing back then. I think I think it's that thing where, like, if you have all the money and all the power in the world, what's the next high? Like, you have to do yeah, something. Like and so it was thing. like dinosaur bones were so new. Like, no one knew anything about dinosaurs. So this was, like, the new thing. And so they would pay a pretty penny for, for some – just to have, like, a random skeleton yeah. in their house, right? So <laughs> the king's physician and aide – I'm assuming the king of England – Carl Gustav Karras wrote in his journal, we had alighted from, again, okay, should I do I love the it. I love dramatic it. reading? Okay. Do it. We had alighted from the carriage and were proceeding on foot when we fell in with a shop in, in which the most remarkable petrifications and fossil remains, the head of an ichthyosaurus, beautiful ammonites, etc., were exhibited in the window. We entered and found the small shop and adjoining chamber. Okay, so I guess that clarifies. Completely filled with fossil productions of the coast. I found in the shop a large slab of blackish clay in which a perfect ichthyosaurus of at least six feet large, or six feet was embedded. This specimen would have been a great acquisition for many of the cabinets of natural history on the continent. And I consider the price demanded 15 euros sterling as very moderate. So I don't know what, like, okay, it's that like weird E shape. Oh, that's uh, a pound. That's a pound. Okay. So 15 pounds sterling. Yeah. I don't know what that, how much, 15 pounds, what year was that? 1820. Six-ish? Okay. Okay, so where was I? Okay, so by the time she's 30 years old, she had made five major discoveries, including a new species of plesiosaur, so that there were two, of which now there have been discovered over 100 species of plesiosaur. Wild. I, I thought there was just one. <laughs> so along with her fascinating new discoveries, new discover, discoveries, she also cataloged hundreds of fish and sea creatures, etc., that had never been cataloged before. So I'm, I'm guessing the common ray was in there as well. <laughs> but uh, while most of her counterparts were heavily funded... Um, Because they were men and mostly born into wealthy families, she had to sell her findings to make ends meet. I mean, at her... Oh, sorry. (laughs) I misread this. Okay, can you get off your phone? I'm trying to find... Stop it! I'm... I'm doing research. I'll (laughs) post it if you just write the word down. (laughs) Anyway, so, okay, <laughs> I'm going to start from the top there. While most of her counterparts were heavily funded because they were men and mostly born into wealthy families, she had to sell her findings to make ends meet. I mean, at her height, she had become quite successful, taking care of both her and her mother. But unfortunately, the shores eventually dried up, and the public lost interest in her simple repeat finds. So she ended up losing everything. And it doesn't, like, I haven't found out, like, exactly how, because there are a few different options. Choose your own adventure, you know, <laughs> when you're digging into history. Um, and shortly after, her mother had passed away. So she was, she, and then, like, shortly after, her mom passed away. So she lost everything, and then her mom passed away, and then she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, like, all oh. in short succession. And she lived for a couple more years, but in poverty. She died at the age of 47. Aww. So through her last years, the mighty men of the Geological Society of London collected a small pension for her 
ugh, rolls eyes. And <laughs> and when she died, donated a stained glass window to her church and posthumously inducted her into the society. Um, okay, thanks. Shut the you fuck up. You couldn't have done that when she was alive. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, okay, you know the rhyme, she sells seashells by the seashore. Uh-huh. Apparently that's about her. That what? It was like a whole, like, actual song at one point. Um, yeah. Interesting. And. Seashells. That's all it was, eh? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's now widely recognized and getting more notoriety now because, you know, obviously the rise of feminism and, like, we're all kind of taking note of all these people that actually. Give honor where honor is yeah. due. So she's actually, um, yeah, she's, she's getting recognized more and more and her name is being credited more and more. And she does have a few little statues and, and parks and stuff like that dedicated to her and, uh, awards and such. So, I mean, I mean, she's just crazy cool. I've never, that never heard of her I mean, before. Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. Cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Story. I am. Um, yeah. Anyway, that that's that my Mary Anning, and I'm so like I got so excited about her. It's, I, I couldn't I could not help when you mentioned paleontology, thinking of Ross. Ross. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. So. <sighs> um. Yeah, because like, without her, he, maybe the field wouldn't be what it is today. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure eventually they would have found out what's inside the poop, but she, like, really, she had, you know, she started that. She headed it up and, like... Yeah, I mean, somebody has to spearhead that kind of thing. Somebody has to make the discovery, you know, come up with the idea, and, uh, you know, why shouldn't it be her? It just, it happened to be her. Yeah. And if it was her, she should get the credit that she's due. Yeah, she was too fucking young, though. She was 47 when she died. But she. that being said, her quote-unquote career started when she was, like, 12, right? Yeah. So she she's still had talking some like a good time good under her belt. 30-year career. Yeah. So And, again, self-taught. Yeah. Because, honestly, she probably wouldn't have been allowed to enter the university anyway. No, she, she tried. Like, she wasn't – she didn't have any money – to do so she so like her whole upbringing like she was she was able to pay for like her and her mom and I think her mom was like her business manager kind of thing like her mom would you know Mm -hmm. and then uh yeah it's pretty pretty wild anyway it got me really excited because it's just like it's also in a really beautiful setting of just the cliffs of you know yeah the cliffs of England, just this right on the coast. Like, I can't imagine growing up there. I know. Like, Anywhere on the coast would just be, like, Yeah, beautiful. stunning. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's Mary Anning. Very cool. What Good do you story. Think? Good choice. Yeah. Stamp. Stamp. Okay. <laughs> All right. Say two. Yes. All right, so if you enjoyed that story this week or any other week, please hit subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us out a lot. And find us on Instagram at The Badass Broadcast. And, of course, as always, see you next Thursday. See you next Thursday.